A few weeks ago, Carolyn sent me uh, a little internet thing. She says, I'm sure you've seen this before. And it was the 10 rules from being human. And I was not familiar with it. Um, I'm sure I've seen it before. It was written in the 90s uh, by uh, Cherie Carter-Scott. It was included in the first Chicken Soup for the Soul book, which I have and I've read, so I must have seen it at some point. But it had slipped my mind. And uh, it's, it's wonderful. Um, it is not the final answer on what are the rules for being human, but the 10 rules for being human are a wonderful start. So I thought, let's go ahead and talk about that today. And we were discussing, should we do all 10 rules the way that the internet thing that Carolyn sent around to me, uh, was presented in, in, in the reading or would that undermine what was going on in the talk? Well, these things have been around for a long time, and uh, we get to continue experiencing them differently. So let's dive in one more time. Number one, you will receive a body. You may like it or hate it, but it'll be yours for the entire period this time around. It's the only thing you really own or are guaranteed to keep for your whole life. So you have a body, and you have to care for it. You have to care for your body, uh, or you don't have to care for your body. Uh, there are people who are really specific about what they eat and drink and their activities and the rest of it. And there are other people who just don't care. And it would seem as though the people who take good care of their bodies would have their bodies take better care of them. And a lot of times that's the case. A lot of times the people who are looking to be good stewards of our bodies are having a better experience than the people who don't. And of course, we all have examples of people who don't get any exercise, eat all of the wrong foods, or drinking too much and drugging too much, and they're still having a wonderful life, and you just scratch your head and say, how is that working? But it's not our business. On the other end of the spectrum, we can obsess over our health and be so involved in limiting the things that we're doing and making sure that we're not going to do anything that's unsafe or unproductive or unhelpful that we forget to enjoy our body. We forget to use it. We forget to go out and, and, and have fun with it. But that notion that you will receive a body and it's yours for life, um, it is possible through uh, mishaps to lose pieces of our body. It's also possible through intentional behavior to reshape our body, either to shape it larger or smaller, to build up or slim down, uh, to have different parts of our body work differently. There are certainly uh, medications and compounds and things that we can use that are going to make our body uh, act a little differently. But as I was thinking about this, there's only two ways that we can add to our body. Uh, one is tattoos which is kind of superficial, but it does add something to our body that wasn't there before. Uh, it stays for a while. And the other one is surgery. Either taking stuff off or putting stuff in. So I, as I look around this group, there are a fair number of people who have artificial somethings in their body that was donated by some other group. And so we have added to our bodies. We have taken stuff out and replaced stuff. But that's about the extent of it. Other than that, the body that we have is the body that we were born with and is the one we were going to continue with until the last time that we're here. And of course, for rule number one, you will receive a body. The encouragement is use it, enjoy it, and appreciate it. Next one. You will learn lessons. You are enrolled in a full-time informal school called Life on Planet Earth. Each day in the school, you will have the opportunity to learn lessons. 
you may like the lessons or think them irrelevant or stupid. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever considered one of life lessons to be stupid. Although my hand would certainly be up because sometimes I have stupid lessons. Uh, one of my pithy sayings is that experience is recognizing a mistake as we're making it again. <laughs> That's pretty stupid, but when I know what's going to happen, then I can make a different decision, perhaps a better decision than I made the first time through. And that's a lesson. And then the question is, when those lessons come along, what are you going to learn? What will you learn? And not just what will you learn, but how will you learn? You can learn it easily. You can learn it the hard way. So we get to involve ourselves in how we're going to learn the lessons. When we understand that there's a lesson going on, and oh, by the way, it's all lessons, then we can let go of our judgment about what the lesson is and open ourselves up to the possibility that there is something wonderful to be learned here. Maybe there's something to let go of. Maybe there's something to surrender. Number three, there are no mistakes, only lessons. Growth is a process of experimentation, trial and error. The so-called failed experiments are as much a part of the process as the experiment that ultimately works. So, and I thought of two, two different examples um, as to uh, how that works and what it means for us. As scientists have found out about subatomic particles, they do it by creating very high energy fields and smashing other particles together. And they smash them together and see what comes about from the explosion. And that's how we're finding out other things. It's pretty destructive. It is pretty destructive. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, pi. I know there are several of us who really like pi. And as, you are, as you're working on making your perfect pi, you go into the test kitchen. And along the way, there are some pies that are better than others. So we don't really think of them as failed pies. We think of them as room for improvement pies. And then we get to that one that we really like and we stick with the recipe. And that's the lesson. The lesson is that we get to innovate. We get to try different things, we try new things, and then we evaluate. How did that one work? Is that, is that the way that I want it to be? Do I want to have something different? And then after that, we iterate. We do it again. We go through the process again of innovating and evaluating and then iterating. And that is one of the lesson processes that goes on over and over and over again. We are able to do that as often as we want to. <clears throat> there are people who think that they are exempt from the process of learning lessons. We describe these people as arrogant or perhaps ignorant, or if we're being gentle, mistaken because one of the things that I have noticed is that we are always learning lessons. Furthermore, there are not mistakes, they're lessons. Sometimes it's a lesson in what we never want to have happen again. But it's not a mistake. It's learning that we never want that to happen again. We have smashed those pieces together. We have seen what comes out of it and said, nope, that's enough for me. I have a, uh, a member of my extended family who's dealing with a serious health challenge. Um, had a diagnosis and chemotherapy and then a reaction, landed in the hospital and got to the conversation in the family where we're talking about quality of life. And I understand 
you know, when somebody gets to, to that part of their, their life, especially in, when, when they're reaching a certain age, we talk about quality of life. But what the heck is the matter with the rest of us that we're not talking about quality of life? <laughs> How about all of us today? What does quality of life mean to you? Is it about success? Is it about activities or action? Is it about prosperity? Is it about love? Is it about feeling satisfied and complete and uplifted and peaceful? If you had a, a perfect quality of life now, first of all, what would that look like? And second of all, how is that different than the quality of life that you're having and you've been having? So look at that not to beat yourself up. Oh, by the way, in all of these rules from being human, there is an opportunity for us to beat ourselves up. And if you, if you really need to do that, then go ahead. But I discourage it. It's really not tremendously helpful. If your life were going perfectly, what would that look like? Rule number four, a lesson is repeated until it is learned. It will be presented to you in various forms until you have learned it. When you've learned it, you can then go on to the next lessons. Lessons, there's always more than one. If you don't learn lessons easily, they become harder. You will know you've learned a lesson when your actions changed. Ouch. You will know you've learned a lesson when your actions change. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. The lesson is repeated until it's learned, until your actions change. My friend Lou Doty has a song, one of the lines in, in it is, What we don't learn today, we learn tomorrow. What we don't learn from joy, we learn from sorrow. And that is so true. That is such a reminder of, okay, let me, let me open to the possibility that there is something here for me to learn. Especially when we find ourselves resistant to learning more because there's something possible there. There's something to learn. We can learn it and then we can learn some more and learn some more and learn some more. As we open to whatever it is that's out there, as we let go of our attachment to having things be the way we originally thought they were, those new possibilities come along. Uh, this is something that the Buddhists talk about a lot and the, 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 the one word answer that they have for it is suffering. In uh, Living Untethered, um, uh, Michael Singer describes the same process as preference. If we want something to be a particular way, and it's a different way, then we can allow ourselves to be unhappy because it's not the way we wanted it to be. And the fact of the matter is, it's the way it is. Now, we might be able to do something to change the way it is, but do we have to, to suffer in the meantime? Uh, short answer, no. Uh, <laughs> Number five, learning lessons does not end. There's no part of life that does not contain its lessons. Every person, every incident is the universal teacher. If you are alive, there are lessons to be learned. If you are alive, there are lessons to be learned. And that's kind of a clue as to the lessons that we're learning because people say, well, I've learned all of my lessons. I've learned everything that I need to know. I don't read. I don't need to go through this process again. We, we don't know how to leave. We, we have reason to believe there's, a, there's ample evidence that each one of us is going to at some point in some fashion, but we don't know how we're going to do it. So up until that last gasp, there is something that we're still going to learn. 
And maybe we can learn that from the people who are focusing their life on quality of life. Maybe there's some insight as to what we can do. Jane is working in hospice at this point and uh, around a lot of people who are uh, at that period of their life. And hospice is interesting because it seems from the outside that it'd be really um, a real downer. But in fact, it is an opportunity for somebody who's going through transformation and transition. Dina sitting in the other room teaching a childbirth class, and that's the transition on the other end of the uh, of the timeline, as families are bringing a new child, a new person into the world, and they're going to go through that entire process, learning all of those lessons, and then eventually they're going to they're going to get to the end. And every step along the way, every step we get to be learning something. Lesson number six: There is no better than here. Actually, this is rule number six. Nothing leads to happiness. How's that for depressing? Nothing leads to happiness. When your there becomes a here, you will simply obtain another there that, again, looks better than your here. It's that whole grass is greener sort of a thing, and everybody is familiar with that, and you don't need to live it. We have a tendency to judge other people from the outside, and we also, using that same technique, judge ourselves from the inside. Uh, have you noticed that if there were another person who were talking to you out loud the way you talk to yourself in the privacy of your own mind, you'd probably call the police on them? <laughs> or a lawyer? Or at the very least, slam the door on them and run the heck out of the room. Because who needs to do that? And we don't need to get into a different place in order to be okay with the place where we are. We can be okay regardless of what the experiences are that we've had up until now. It's great spiritual. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And that's a wonderful way to put it. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And I could tell you about it, and you might know it a little bit from the trouble that I tell you about. But if I just tell you nobody knows the trouble I've seen, you can take it at face value. Yeah, okay. Been through some stuff. And then pivot around and talk about what we want to have instead. What's the pivot there? How can I be present as you go through that transformation and you grow beyond whatever that limiting or uh, uncomfortable experience might be? It is possible that I am having a better day than you are. And whenever you encounter somebody else, that same possibility exists. They might be having a better day than you. Conversely, you may be having a better day than them. And what's the important part about that? It doesn't matter. You're having the day you're having, they're having the day that they're having, and to whatever extent you can connect with them and be present for each other and uplift and get yourself back into balance so the day that you're having the day that you're okay having are the same, that becomes magical. That's where peace of mind lives, in that experience of balance. You don't need to change your there to a here, your here to a there. You can instead become aware of how the here that you're having now is going to be okay. Lesson number seven. Others are merely mirrors of you. You cannot love or hate something about another person unless it reflects to you something you love or hate in yourself. For details on this, see lessons above, because that's what they are. 
and the way the lessons come in is when other people are mirroring things for you. And in a very simplistic way, we think, oh, well, if I see something I don't like, it's because um, I, I've got that in myself. And that's true. We can hate or dislike in others that which we dislike in ourselves or like in others that which we like in ourselves. But it works the other way, too. Because we are our own anchor point. And when we see something going on outside, when there's something that's, that I love that's particularly valuable to me, and somebody comes along trashing it, I can recognize that person is doing something, not because I love what they're doing, but because I don't like what they're doing. I love something else. So it's not because I would do that. It's because I wouldn't do that, and I'm recognizing that in them. And again, lessons. They're all lessons. They're all opportunities to learn something, to change something, to be in a different place. Number eight, what you create of your life is up to you. You have all the tools and resources you need. What you do with them is up to you. There are three kinds of people. Those who make things happen, those who watch what happens, and those who wonder what happened. Take charge of your life or someone else will. Uh, very insightful. Take charge of your life or someone else will. Who's in charge of your life? We all think that we're in charge of our life. And every once in a while, we give away our power. Every once in a while, we give away our power. And you can judge yourself and beat yourself up when you realize you've given away your power a little bit. But it turns out, giving away our power makes things much easier. Because when we give away our power... We then become victims to whatever is going on, but we don't have to figure it out ourselves. We, don't, we're, we can claim that we're not responsible for whatever it is that's going on. That is the difference, by the way, between our technique of practical prayer, spiritual mind treatment, and most traditional prayer. Because we believe that the answer to our prayer, the infinite creative power, is always saying yes. Whatever it is that we are opening to in our deep belief, that infinite is saying yes. And in traditional prayer, I have come to learn, the belief is that we will say our prayer and then the divine will either say yes or no or not now. And then we get to say, well, I did my prayers, but I guess God didn't want me to have it. So we get to give our power away to Santa God outside of ourselves and then complain that it was Santa's fault that we didn't get what we wanted to have. What you create in your life is up to you. You get to take charge of your life to whatever extent you are comfortable and willing to do so. Personal story for myself. Uh, I have managed to go uh, four years since the pandemic began without getting COVID, as has my wife, Dina. And she is uh, very, very much focused on staying healthy, not just from COVID, but all sorts of things. So a lot of the choices and activities that we are doing are based on that, that level of safety. And somewhere in there, for me, is the balance point between who's in control is me going along with what she would want to do enabling or is it being supportive and there are nuanced decisions and understandings that we get to make about all sorts of things that we're doing it's not all clear and black and white it is not always obvious what the steps are and that's where step number nine comes in Your answers lie inside you. All you need to do is look, listen, and trust. <laughs> All you need to do is look, listen, and trust. That sounds so simple. 
That sounds so very simple. It, it, that's the process. That's basically the game-changing process. How do I look, listen, and trust? Practice. Spiritual practice. Meditation. Prayer. Contemplation. Journaling. Forgiveness. Intention setting. To be aware of what is inside of you. And by the way, if you're always making noise, if you're always wanting to be around something that's distracting you, you're not going to hear the answer that lies inside of you. You're going to hear the answer that's coming in from the outside somewhere. So to whatever extent we can let go of the distractions, we can open ourselves to that still small voice and let the answers that lie inside of us actually show up for us. And number 10, you will tend to forget all of this, which um, seems pretty disappointing. You will tend to forget all of this. And then the idea is that we forget all of this as soon as we come in, uh, as soon as we begin this life together. And so why would we do that? If we will tend to forget all of these life lessons, which are so important and clearly so important, then the, the basically life is rigged. <laughs> this whole thing is rigged. <laughs> why, why in the world would we be here? And why would it be rigged to be that way? We are here because the infinite put us here. The infinite all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, omniscient. In order to experience the finite, to experience limitation, requires us. That's why we're here. We are the way that the infinite gets to experience individual life. So, of course, we're going to forget all of this because that's the way that we can go through and learn some more lessons. So as you go through life, as you go through today, as you continue on, open yourselves up to the rules for being human and let yourself be informed about, are there any little tiny changes or huge changes that I can make in my life to bring something delightful and joyous and productive and happy and uplifting and balanced and peaceful and serene into my quality of life? Open yourself up to the guidance, see what it says, then do that, as you deserve it. So it is.